0: So, we are in a brand new theme called Bear Fruit. Um, We are really pumped about this tonight to get started. do apologize for a few technical difficulties, but uh, we made it. All right, so we're going to do this theme. Uh, If you didn't know what we're going to be doing, we're going to be going through the Fruit of the Spirit. Anybody know the Fruit of the Spirit song as a kid? Fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. I never heard that one. (laughs) okay I've heard the kiwi kiwi uh you guys heard that song banana might as well hear it you can't be a fruit of the spirit because the fruit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self let's go Anna oh love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control this is how you know some of us were at church too much as kids (laughs) So maybe uh, it'll be our, our goal by the end of the semester, your life group leaders will teach you that song. I'm just kidding, you don't have to do that. That's not a requirement to be a life group leader, although that would be awesome. Um, so as of late, um, what can go wrong uh, with our little Hodges family, my little family, uh, Samantha's my wife, and then Tinley's 11 and Graham is nine now, he turned nine over break. Uh, Can you relate what can go wrong will go wrong? What did you say Cole? What happened to you got hit by a school bus or something? uh, Okay, yeah Uh, So we we have a variety of things that have happened. It's like a series of unfortunate events some of us Uh, The first uh, message prep meeting we had Brett had the had the flu uh, so we had to meet not in person That was very very kind of you Brett to and you know tonight Colton is sick uh, that's why for the first time publicly I think Karis has played the cajon so that's great But we did have a we did have a restful Christmas week off as a family But we got word that my Samantha's uh, dad uh, has cancer Um, He's been in and out of the hospital all break which has been awful I took our nine-year-old son to a hockey game over break. It was amazing. And, and uh, we won the game. We got home really late. I gave him a bunch of candy, and he threw up all night. And uh, that was great. Uh, not. Uh, and to top it all off, we are getting ready for our sixth grade daughter Tinley's uh, choir concert at the elementary. And you can show this picture if you want, Adamola, if you got it with my and I'm cleaning my glasses, and uh, they—you can go to the next slide if you got it. Yeah, they—they snapped in half. So if you see that picture, my—I'm not on social media at all, but my my wife, or I don't post it all. My wife did, and I don't have my glasses on in the picture. You're like, who is that guy? Well, that's why I couldn't see the whole. I could hear it though; it was beautiful. Um, so. And up and above all of that, I think what I've been feeling recently, and I think a lot of you have been feeling this too, and I think this is part of being human, is we feel the heaviness of sin upon me. And it's not necessarily like, a, I mean, we, I do sin, of course, we all sin, but it's like a heaviness, like I have the potential to make a huge mistake here. Anybody ever feel that before? Like we just read in the one year Bible, those of us who are in it, there's 38 of us doing it. Like Genesis 4-7, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you. And you can almost feel that contrariness. Is that a word? That contrary nature of the sin. It's on us. And with one mistake, I could wreck my entire life. No pressure. I could break a lot more than just my glasses. You know? And I have just... I keep asking this question, and you have too. How am I going to keep my flesh under control? Uh, How how can I be prevented from ruining everything that God has made so good in my life? And perhaps you felt the same way. You feel like you're on the verge of blowing it. Maybe you have blown it. Maybe you've fallen hard over break. Is there any way to recover? Is there any chance to succeed consistently? I'd like to use that word a lot tonight. But I don't believe the solution to our temptations and our sin and our brokenness and our trials is to become more disciplined, although I think we should be disciplined. Some of you are more disciplined than others, naturally, I think. Uh, Or to install a stricter app on our phones to restrict what we can see, although those can be helpful. Or to have invasive accountability partners, though those are a must. I have one. Or to feel sorry for what we've done. We should feel sorrowful, but I believe the solution goes far deeper than all of those our solution it lies in whom we have attached ourselves to for nourishment who or what we've attached ourselves to for nourishment who is it that we are gaining everything we need to make sense of this life and to help us succeed and there, there is only one source that can give us victory that we are seeking and his name is Jesus Christ and this is what we're talking about tonight as we launch our bear fruit theme. And uh, just to be funny, uh, I had Tiffany draw that. Isn't that amazing. And actually, in our live group uh, channel, some of you aren't life group leaders, so you're not on there. Um, Karis put that as a, a, a meme, as a joke. Was it a joke or are you serious? Oh, she was serious. <laughs> I thought that's the name of the theme. And that's that, Karis. Thank you very much. All of our ideas. I had like. Five ideas, and none of them were good. And that, that one was the best. She was serious. All right. So, uh, Brett's going to read our first scripture. We're just going to look at two scriptures tonight, but they're both fantastic. So, Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 through 18.
1: For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, so the first search that we're on, we're
0: all on a search for freedom. Uh, And we watch Holiday Inn every year as a family, and I just want to start singing that song, Freedom, freedom, here comes the freedom man. Just kidding. Uh, If you haven't seen that movie, that makes no sense. Most of you have not. But the search for freedom. Love your neighbor. Everyone in our world today is searching for complete freedom. Have you seen that around? Everybody's searching for freedom. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. We can figure it out on our own, thank you. We want to say what we want, go where we want, and eat what we want. And college is the best time to search for this kind of freedom, right? And in Galatians, the Apostle Paul is getting after these Christians who are slipping back into a performance-driven faith. They were saying things like this, As long as I stick to the law of Moses... I will be saved. As long as I'm circumcised, I'm good to go. Paul saw this as working backwards into a slavery of the Mosaic law. In Jesus, we have been set free from this performance-driven kind of thinking that I can finally be good enough. I can practice enough religious rules to finally make God happy with me. And that's what the Galatians were falling into. And so it is... Ultimately, Paul saw this as working backwards. In Jesus, we have been set free. In the blood of Jesus, we are justified, not by our rule-keeping, but by his blood. That is the ultimate picture of the gospel, which is not what most people's perception of Christianity is today, unfortunately. But their new freedom in Christ, though, Paul said, was not an opportunity or a license to sin, or to let our flesh run wild. All this is the setup for the fruit of the Spirit, by the way, because this is just right in front of the fruit of the Spirit. So it's really good to remember. So we are swapping. We're making a trade. And life is about trades uh, all the time, especially when you get your full-time job. You'll fight, when do I make the trade to work, and when do I make the trade to spend with my family? When is it a bad trade and when is it a good trade? Life is all about trades. And especially in this, when we place our faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, we are making a trade. We are swapping slavery to sin, the law, the death of of this uh, activity for slavery to Jesus Christ. We are declaring him as our master and our savior. So you may say... What? Is it freedom? This isn't freedom if I'm just switching one slavery to, for another. And that's how Paul kind of pictures it in Galatians. That we are slaves to Christ. He says it about himself all the time. Paul, a bondservant. Literally, a slave of Jesus Christ. That's what he called himself. So. I am a slave of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes it is. You are getting freedom from what destroys you, and you're finally bowing down to the only one who can give you life and freedom from your destruction, destructive tendencies. Our new master has one initial marching order. And so we start at freedom, and we end with this, Leviticus, of course. We start with freedom, we end in Leviticus. That's where you always go, Leviticus, every time. But Paul says it like this, Leviticus 19, 18, the quote, Love your neighbor as yourself. And we say to Paul, I like talking back to Paul when I read the Bible. Do you? You like talking back to Paul? You'll talk back to your your spiritual parents, do you? I do. I say things like this Paul, I can't do this. People are unkind, people are dangerous. And he replies, I know you can't. That's why you have to walk by the Spirit. That's why you have to walk by the Spirit. That's what we're talking about all semester. So bearing fruit is a display of what God is doing in you, ultimately. And Tori has a great testimony of of her experience last semester.
2: All right. So if you don't know me, my name is Tori. Um, I've been a part of CSS of CSF ever since I um, started college here at IUPU I got plugged in right away and I'm really grateful for that. Um, I'm a masters student so um, I've had a pretty tough rigorous um, student educational life so far um, and I had a really challenging semester um, this past semester and um, Andrew asked me to speak I was walking down the, um, just like the IUPUI food court area, and um, just immediately when he asked me, I was like, this makes so much sense because I've just had such a rough semester here, and um, this ver- this, these verses just, um, they just make so much sense for what I'm going through because these are the verses we need to hold on to Um, all the time no matter what we're going through so um, sorry I keep saying I'm a lot Um, basically (laughs) I had a rough semester Um, when I started the semester I knew that it would be challenging I have taken I took a lot of time um, to invest in a lot of different things, but being a student was number one pri- my number one priority. I was doing an internship, I was taking four classes, and I had to write my thesis. I was spending a lot of time thinking about these things, thinking about what was next, thinking about what God had for me next. And a lot of the times, it was easy for me to get distracted from the Lord because of this and I was in my word, and I was busy a lot of the times because of all the things I was doing, and I was struggling a lot, and I was writing my thesis, and basically, if you don't know what that is, it's just a really long paper. It's supposed to be like 100 pages or something, which was crazy. I was writing my thesis, and I had this meeting with my professor, and I was dreading it. I was dreading this meeting because I was behind on my paper, and I woke up in the morning before this meeting, and I looked at my Bible verse, and my Bible verse that day um, said, "'Cast your cares on the Lord, and He will sustain you. "'He will never let the righteous be shaken.'" And I just thought to myself, "'God, you can't let me be shaken in this meeting "'because I'm scared. "'I'm scared of what this is gonna be like for me.'" And I went to my meeting and I expected to kind of be told, you need to do better, you need to work harder. But my professor actually told me, I suggest that you drop out of this program, or not drop out of this program, I suggest that you drop out of this class because if you don't pass, you are going to drop out of the entire program. And in that moment, just, I had the strength from this Bible verse that I know that this is what God called me to do, to be here. And I said, I think I can do this. I know, I know I can do this. And so I looked at my professor and I said, I know I can do this, just give me a chance. And I tried so hard to believe that. And when I left, I kept telling myself, do I actually believe this? What, what's going on here? Um, I knew that I had this plan to catch up and all these things, but what if she was right? What if I fail? What if I fail everything that I had worked so hard for and it was a lot on my shoulders the weight was crippling because i knew in my head i was like i did this to myself i could have worked harder you know it was just a lot of pressure and expectations and in that moment i just i ended up not wanting to tell anyone i didn't want to tell my parents how i was doing in school i didn't want to tell my friends and um, I ended up just going to the Lord. And I made a plan, I'm going to work hard, not because I'm working for man, but because I'm working for the Lord. And I'm, gonna, I'm going to get through this. Um, I was afraid. I was afraid of failing. And I found this book that someone had gifted me. Um, it's a prayer book. And in this prayer book, It says, for those who are fearing failure, how is fear ever for my good? In yourself, you do not have the strength or the wisdom or the ability to accomplish the task to which you are called. And this is true. I was like, I can't do this without you, Lord. And then let my fears of failure drive me to collapse here upon your strong shoulders here to rest, reminded again that I and all of your children always are utterly dependent upon you to bring to completion in and through us the good works that you have prepared beforehand for us to do. It is not my own work that is before me, but yours. Everything that God had prepared me for to be in this program was because of the Lord. Everything that I had was because of the Lord, and God wanted me to see my calling in this life is not just this idea of my future occupation my calling in my life is to do everything for the lord and to serve him and it just humbled me so much because i felt so helpless and finally i told my parents and they said you know lord the lord has such good things planned for you this is just an obstacle in your path and satan knows that you're going to do great things and um I ended up having a meeting with my professor. I worked really hard and my professor uh, told me that she's never seen anyone work so hard to catch back up and I was really humbled because um, I knew I couldn't do it without the Lord's strength. And in that moment, I just recognized how much, what I was truly prioritizing was school and, I also prioritize the Lord, but sometimes it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get distracted from what the Lord is doing in everything that he has called you to, and that the Lord brought you there, that nothing that you do in your own strength, nothing that you do um, is ever going to be of worth and compared to the things that the Lord has planned you to do. You know, the Lord has given all of us callings, but our primary calling in this life is to know him, to be with him, to be present with him. And I just wanted to share that because even in all of our difficulties and our trials, he, he will be there with us. And um, even when we feel failure, he can take even our failures, even our failures and make them right. He is alone is worthy and in, the, in those moments, I recognized that even if I fail, all I have is Christ. And guess what? That's enough.
0: And the cool thing is, is that we got to see the fruit that God produced in Tori while she's going through a terrible semester. How many of you knew she was going through a terrible semester? You know, some of you are in life group. Cheaters. But man, God was continuing to produce bearing good fruit in your life. You want to read uh, John 15 for us? John 15, verses 1 through. This is kind of long, but it's so good that when we tried to cut any of out of it, we couldn't. It was too good.
2: All right. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you, that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another.
0: So good. So the search for freedom was the first, and this is the search for security. Not only is there a search for freedom in our world, there's a search for this security, to feel safe, to feel protected, to feel secure. We want to be completely comfortable with who we are no matter what someone thinks or says about us, don't we? We would like to say, well, I don't care what they think about me. That's, you know, uh, we just say that because we're trying to say it out loud so we actually believe it. But it really is hard, isn't it? It's really hard to really believe that. And, and we will go to great lengths to ensure the security. But John's all-time favorite word to quote from Jesus is this word, abide. Abide. In this chapter alone, he uses it el- 11 times. 11 times. That's insane. And it's this Greek word, meno, which can also be tra- translated as to remain or to stay or to reside. Jesus wants us to stay with him. He loves, the creator of the universe, loves for us to be close to him. Why? Why would Jesus want us to be close to him? He knows what I've done. He knows what, what I've been thinking, what, the mistakes I've made. He enjoys us. He wants to be close to us. He knows that the only way we can be fully secure and to bear much fruit is to remain in Him, to stay with Him. I'm so on board with this, right? I'm on board with the Son of God. Jesus Christ wants me to be close to Him. My soul is never more secure and satisfied when I'm in Scripture, prayer, prayer or worship, both by myself and with others. I want I want to stay there. Don't you want to stay there? It's like you, you have a busy day, you're in your word in the morning, or maybe you're in the evening, you are you don't sleep. Uh, but whatever time it is, and you're in the word, and you've got something pressing right after that, and you're like, I just want to stay here. Have you ever been that way with God? Uh, you should try it. It's amazing. But, then the passage keeps going and it's very difficult there's another reason that jesus wants us to abide stay remain in him look at verse 9 he says abide in my love then verse 10 keep my commandments then verse 12 it hit me like a ton of bricks he says this is my commandment that you love one another just as i have loved you apparently The most secure people on earth are the ones who can love like no one else. Oh, I don't like that. I don't like that. Remember remember I said the last passage? Same thing. These two scriptures are doing the same thing. One starts at freedom and ends with love. They funnel down to the same direction of loving our neighbor, loving others jesus i can't do this i'm talking back to jesus now it's getting real bad like we said earlier people aren't nice they're selfish so we need to hear jesus our master say to us it's funny because paul will call himself a slave of jesus christ jesus is calling us i call you friend and i call him master <laughs> he goes i call you friend i call you master i think that's really it's not a contradiction It's just how he chooses to relate to us and us seeing the reality of the situation. Yes, friend, but you're my master. I am your slave. I will do whatever you want me to do, King Jesus. So bearing fruit is a display of what God is doing in you. And Brett's going to share his story and then we're going to finish up real quick
1: here. Hi, I'm Brett for those who don't know me. Uh, this is my second year here, so I've seen a little bit of, of chaos on campus, and I'm talking a little bit about the, the Fruits of the Spirit and what it looks like in in, today, in day-to-day life and, and on campus. My experience on campus has been very different than I expected. I expected a lot more hostility, uh, whether it was from know, movies or friends or family. It made it sound like college life was nothing but Attacks on your faith unless you went to a Christian college, and so I was very nervous about that. But I've been very pleasantly surprised to find many, many Christians here, many fantastic Christian organizations, many people who loudly and proudly share their faith. And it's been so encouraging because in some ways, when I came here, I was scared to share my faith. And finding a community that does that really encouraged me. Uh, But more than a second, I was gonna pivot to the fruits of the spirit first. The fruit of the spirits, the fruits of the spirit, Um, are things that all people in our society need. And I think regardless of your religious background or your views, most people will agree that things like love, patience, kindness, uh, forgiveness, uh, sorry, that's not one, is it? Yeah. Uh, Self-control, gentleness, those are all foundational to a strong community of people who can grow and support each other. But I think as a Christian especially, it's so important that we display these and share these because it's more than just good things. A, God tells us to do it and B, it's an expression of our faith. It's proof that God is working in us and abiding in us. Um, It's a display of the goodness of God. How we live our lives tells others what Christianity is all about, and that's especially important on uh, on a college campus. Bearing good fruit is a result of faith, and it allows us to spread the word simply by displaying our faith. Our very actions are a testament in and out every single day for the people around us. So coming back to campus and our everyday life, living out these fruits is how we serve God and express who we are in him, our identity in Christ. It, the fruits make you approachable to people who may be hostile toward our faith or look down on it, and it helps you build relationships. God is working, God working in you is very visible, and I mean that. It's not just the more you get to know someone that you say, oh, I see your Christian faith is, is, is so visible. No, I've spent so much time talking with many, many people on campus, and there's so many people that I'm, I'm talking to them and I realize you're a little bit different. And then I ask them, are you a Christian? And they go, oh yeah. And I'm like, interesting, because I didn't find that on your Instagram bio with like, you know, I, you know, daughter of the king, or like a Bible verse, or the cross on your neck. And it's, it really is the fruits that you're living out. It's the kindness, it's the gentleness. It's, there is something different, and it is so visible to the people around you. I've also encountered many people who are not very strong in faith, or raised and have walked away, or people who are hostile to it. And it's to these people that living your faith and showing fruits of the Spirit is so, emp- so powerful too, because they don't know where it's coming from until you talk to them. I have two friends I work with, and two fantastic Christian young men, but how they share their faith is very different. One of them will tell everyone that he can about the gospel, any opportunity he gets, and how impactful it's been in his life. Which is good. It's a very powerful testimony. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. But in a place of work, it comes off one way. My other friend takes a different approach. He just simply bears fruit. And he's not, he's not hiding his faith. Everyone knows he's a Christian. But he just bears fruit. And then people start to wonder, why is this guy so different? And then they approach him and ask him, okay, what's up? How it was how you were raised or well, what is it? And then he shares his faith with, the, faith with them. And it's been so cool to see in a place of work where no one is owed to any faith, where you're just there to get a job done, people start to look at Christianity in a different light, in a positive light, because they see some guys who act differently and they see the benefits of this faith before they even know where the, wh- what's the cause of these benefits. Why is this person different? And that's what happens when you live out your faith. The thing is, is... If you want to show people that God is a God of love, you need to show love. If you wanna show them that God is a God of pay- peace, then you need to show peace. And this goes for all the fruits of the spirit, a kindness, joy, patience, self-control, etc. So what I hope you get out of this is that the fruits of the spirit is a display of God abiding in you. They are gifts that you can share with others, and you should. It's a testimony that you share every single day with the people around you. And I encourage you to continue to do so.
0: So as Tori, Brett, and I were thinking about, so we, we I asked them uh, the question, okay, so if these two passages are funneling down to the same direction, love one another, then we have to ask the question, what should that look like in the life of a historically orthodox Christian on campus? I don't know how to say that in a, without using the word conservative, but... What is the the way we're supposed to live out our faith on campus? How are we supposed to love one another? You ever thought about that? Well, the the two answers that they gave me immediately, I think, are just spot on. And we're just going to share those and we're going to close out. First way to love on campus is by relating. How you treat others. How you treat others matters. And I know we've all been tempted to... You know, send a passive-aggressive email from time to time. Or, you know, ignore someone, even though they're standing right there, to show, teach them a lesson or whatever. I know we've all done that. But how we treat others matters. Uh, and Brett said it this way. I can't remember if it was Brett or Tori. Uh, say, what's your names together? Bori. I know that doesn't work. All right. But grace, showing grace to those around you. Presence an example. I love what Brett said about how all the fruit of the Spirit Are things that everybody loves like they really appreciate people being patient and having self-control and being gentle You know think go through the whole list sing through it if you must Second so the first thing is like how you live your life whether you're in a lab or in the classroom or in the campus center The way you live your life matters because you, if if you're living your life, if there's no, no fruit coming out, you're not connected to the source of Jesus Christ, the only source that can produce good fruit. If you're not living it out, if you verbalize, go to the second step before you've actually been relating it with your life, no one in the world is going to listen to you. No one, no one. And so we have to, but the second thing is we just can't set a good example. Oh, I'm setting a good example, and eventually they'll figure out that it's Jesus. He's going to miraculously tell them from the sky, you know, that could happen. He, he, it has happened historically, it's happened. But there's a reason Jesus has commanded us to go into all the world and to make disciples and to baptize and to teach. Because we have to verbalize, and it's how we speak the truth. Love always has to eventually, eventually come with an attachment of words. And these don't mean, need to be nasty words or judgmental words, but you do have to use words. You have to actually verbalize what, why you're living the way that you are. And it's just such a sweet thing, whether you're working at a coffee shop or you're working at a grocery store or wherever you're working at, and you're living your life in such a way that it's just not like everyone else you will get the opportunity to share why that is the case. So these will only consistently materialize when we consistently draw from the right source, Jesus Christ. So the big question tonight is, have you made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life by believing in him? Let's make that decision tonight if we haven't made it. Uh, Let's 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 make our faith as public as we can. Let's 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 confess him as Lord and Savior. Let's be baptized. Let's commit our entire lives to live for him. Um, So I'm going to I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and we're going to sing one more song to sing about the goodness of God. And let's stand together. What would it look like? if we all stopped drawing our strength from the wrong sources. What if when we stressed out about things and we got anxious, like Tori was telling us, what if Tori, instead of opening up to Psalm 55 or whatever that was, 55, 22, whatever that verse, cast your cares upon the Lord, what if instead she just decided to play video games for three hours to, to vent that stress? Does she have the strength to finish the way that God wanted her to with the thesis? I I don't think she does. Nothing against playing video games, that's fine. Or turning to alcohol, or gossip, or overeating for comfort. Whatever it is that we are using right now as our source instead of Jesus. What if we allowed Jesus to use prayer? Good old-fashioned prayer, (laughs) Bible study, Our life group, our local church, to show us what real satisfaction looks like. I think we would start to see changes. We'd start to see the changes we've been wanting to see all along. See, I didn't mean to be a downer at the beginning with all those crazy things that happened, but circumstances in life, we don't just say, well, maybe next week things will get better. They're not. This is a tough life to live. School buses will run into your cars. You know, people are going to get sick that you love. People are going to be nasty to you. People are not always going to respect your faith, even your professors. But we will have more than enough to make it all the way to the end, depending on the righteousness of Jesus Christ.